Hello, you're listening to Repent and Believe Podcast with Cynthia Smalls, founder of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here, we talk about and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fashioned in God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen? Amen. Okay, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share, download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You are not giving up on the Lord Jesus Christ, people. Jesus is on his way back. Amen. Amen. So, I guess the inevitable had to happen, right? Yesterday, my second job on Facebook, aka The Lion's Den, aka my second job that I still love, 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 even though they put me in Facebook jail yesterday. Yup, I am on a 24-hour band. Yeah, well, (laughs) I guess it had to happen, right? So, I stand in good company. Now, mind you, everything that I post over there on Facebook is all about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, is it my fault or anyone else's fault that the gospel is a hard message and it comes with some very complicated, gruesome, hold on to your cookies, facts. Because from the beginning to the end, leading up to Jesus' crucifixion, oh, it is all about rubbing people the wrong way, especially the religious and especially the sinners and the mockers. So what happened yesterday? Before... I'll let y'all know what went down over there. Let us pray, Father, in the name of Christ Jesus. We love you so much, and we want you to be our King. We want you to be our God, Lord, and Savior. Father, help us today. 
strengthen us today. May your wisdom go forth in our lives. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Praise your holy name, Father. Thank you for sending us, Jesus. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for reconciling us back to you. Father, we sinned against you. Have mercy on us all, Father. Father, may your gospel be preached in all of the earth. Let the people know how Christ died for our sins and that he was buried. And on the third day, by the power and work of the Holy Spirit, you raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus is alive today, still, still after being alive. And then he died. And then you rose him out of the grave. He is still alive, sitting at your right hand in heaven awaiting to make his enemies his footstool. He he is interceding for the saints. And so, Father, what else can I say but thank you? Words fail me to really articulate just how grateful I am to be saved to be chosen for such a time as this. Father, the world don't want Jesus, but we do. We who have called on his name to save us, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the Messiah. We call on his name to be saved to be reconciled. And Father, we don't want to go to hell. We walk in the fear of the Lord daily. We repent of our sins, Father. We let go of this world. We let go of the people, the places, and the things. We let go of ourselves. We surrender all at the altar, Father, help us today. I ask for wisdom, Father. Show us through your Holy Spirit the sound teachings of your Son so that we may walk by those teachings and not the false gospels and not sitting up under these wolves and sheep clothing because you said over there in first john the second chapter down at the end that we don't need man to teach us anything we have the holy spirit greater is he that's in us than he that is in the world because the Holy Spirit teaches what is the truth. It is never a lie. We trust you and we lean on you. And by faith, we shall walk out this life by the Holy Spirit.
So, Father, I pray that today's lesson bring you glory. I ask for wisdom and discernment. Teach me. I'm willing to learn, Father. I'm willing to learn even even the parts that I don't get, even the parts that I may have questions about, even the parts that are difficult. But at the end of the day, your word will stand. And we may we may see in part now, but glory be to God. Like Paul said, we shall see it all later. And it will make absolutely correct sense. And we shall know without a shadow of a doubt that Christ is God. To the glory of your name, Father, thank you for wisdom. Thank you for discernment and clarity of mind. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Bless your holy name, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. Yep. Your girl got thrown into jail, which is fine because it comes with the job. I get it. I'm just surprised that it didn't happen sooner. But it's something about this wicked world. You can talk about all of the homosexual agenda that's going on out there. You can wave your uh, pride flag all up and down and around Facebook and that. You can even parade around naked. Just about naked. Oh, they don't have a problem with that. But according to them, I violated their community standards. Since when does Facebook has have standards? Because the last time I checked, okay, I see a whole bunch of nasty stuff going on. And I'm in the quote-unquote Christian community, okay? And the fact that my page is public. So, every now and again... Some crazy stuff be popping up up there on that storyline because I can't tell you the nastiness and the nakedness of some of these pictures. And a, a lot of the times, these are quote-unquote friends of my page. So I had to block a lot. And I'm like, yo, you can't be putting this up here for people to see. But apparently, Facebook was okay with that, though. Right. And so, again, I don't care. I'm just saying, OK, you want to take down a post and violate me because apparently this not the first time. Apparently they had had enough of me. And because I, I, I had a warning or two or a warning um, before about something I post about a false prophet. So they gave me the warning for that, okay, whatever. And so I guess yesterday's posting, uh, they were just too through with me. So what happened? Real quick, okay, I posted 
about Mark 14, 21, right? Because Mark 14, 21, Jesus said, for the son of man must die as the scriptures declared long ago. But how terrible it will be for the one who betrays him. It will be far better for that man if he had never been born. So, of course, that scripture came with um, a meme of Judas hanging himself. But that's what happened. Judas hung himself because he betrayed Jesus, right? And out of remorse, not out of repentance, he realized who Jesus was. He was an innocent man. And he went out into that vineyard, that field, and hung himself. So there was a picture of Judas hanging himself. Well, apparently, according to Facebook standards, like I said, standards, what's, y'all ain't got no standards. But anywho, I, you can't show people hanging themselves. You can't show people harming themselves. Why? Because they so care about their, uh, I don't know, what are we called? Members, clients, like what the uh, Facebookers, uh, you know, we, we don't want to, um, offend anybody or I guess give people ideas and how they quote unquote want to make Facebook a safe environment. You talk about your hypocrisy when the founder of Facebook is a known Satanist, globalist, elite, all about the child sacrificing and what y'all all do behind closed doors, but y'all got standards now. So Mark 14, 21, let's talk about Mark 14, 21, since I can't go back on Facebook, I guess for like another, what could this happen about like 5.30, 6.30 last night? So I can't post I can't comment. So they basically are barring me from my job, which is cool. Glory be to God, because I got the podcast. So I may do two podcasts today. And then the Lord gave me a wonderful hobby in crafting. So maybe I'll go and, and continue to make some journals. I do journals and, and notebooks. I handcraft those. So... My day is as full as it is, but I'm just saying, come on, Facebook, <laughs> with your standards, really? So Mark 14, 21, right? Because Jesus, because in the uh, King James version of it, it says, because that was the um, New Living Translation, the King James says it like this, the son of man indeed goeth as it is written of him. Because Jesus was telling us, yeah, he is going to die just like it was prophesied for him to be crucified. And then he says, but woe, but woe to that man, 
talking about Judas, okay? Because at the time when he was telling his disciples, they didn't know whom he was talking about. He says, uh, woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. Good were it for that man, that man. He's talking about a particular man, right? If he had never been born. Because you see, thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus often calls himself the son of man in the scriptures, which is a phrase. It's a phrase taken from Daniel 7. Daniel had a vision right? He had a vision in which the ancient of days, who we know to be God the Father, gives dominion and glory and, and a kingdom that all peoples, all nations, all languages should serve him to one like a son of man. And that's Daniel 17, uh, 14, right? And then you can, um, I believe, Daniel 13, right? So, the disciples had readily accepted Jesus' identification as the Son of Man. It means that he is the Messiah. They think this means he will at some time free Israel from foreign rule and bring in an age of peace and prosperity. And Jesus has promised that disciples will be on hand to take leadership positions in his court. And we see that in Matthew 19, 28, because you see, they thought that Jesus was talking about an earthly kingdom right now that will revolt against Rome and all of that oppression. But Jesus was talking about his heavenly kingdom. Amen. And so Jesus went on to explain to the disciples that the son of man will suffer and die. Amen. Because we see this all in Mark 8.31, Mark 9.9, uh, Mark chapter, what is this, 21, um, and what else? Like Mark 10.33. Because you see, they, they didn't realize they were witnessing the very beginning of this movement of how he is going to suffer and he will die. Because you see, Jesus knew that his earthly ministry was uh, coming to an end. And towards that end, he was he was telling them how he gonna die, like how he um um destroyed this temple, and and three days later I will rise it up, raise it up again, and the the Pharisees and the Sadducees thought he was talking about that second temple. Okay, and he was because they were like, well, it took 40 years to build this. What do you mean that that you want to rebuild it in three days? But Jesus was talking about his death, burial and resurrection. Amen. And so they didn't realize that they were actually witnessing the very beginning of this whole movement with him suffering and dying on the cross for the sins of the world. They thought that um, when uh, Jesus had sent Judas 
to get supplies for the feast of the unleavened bread to be held the next night. That's what they thought Jesus had sent uh, Judas out to do. See, they didn't know that, that Judas had gone to ignite the darkest hours of human history. Okay, because basically Jesus was saying, okay, go, go, go do what you got to do. Okay, go on, do what you got to do. And so at the Last Supper, they thought Judas was going about doing what he normally uh, does. Because Daniel in the Old Testament doesn't mention that the son of, that the son of man will be betrayed tortured and killed that faith is explained over there in Isaiah 53 where it talks about the suffering servant and that whole imagery about what he was going to go through how he how he was going to suffer so this is all part of the gospel Okay, and Judas hanging himself is part of this story. We can't leave that part out because Facebook and all of their sensibilities can't suffer about someone harming themselves when people commit suicide on Facebook Live, unfortunately, and you have all of this craziness all of this satanic practice and behaviors that's going on on Facebook that just go right past their radar, okay? So, listen, folks. The suffering servant will be despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief as and as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. That's Isaiah 53, 5. It is at his second coming that the son of man will be given his kingdom. Amen. And we see that played out over there in Mark 13, 24 to 27, because ultimately Jesus comment about Judas is very true of every unbeliever. Okay. Right, it would be better not to have been born than to face eternal judgment in hell, and that's the point of the whole posting. Hmm. Amen. So, Facebook, y'all need to stop playing, okay? So, now look, must I read Revelation 20? Verses 11 to 15, because when you are standing at the great white throne judgment, having rejected Christ as your Lord and Savior, you said no to the gospel. You said no to his finished work. You slapped God's hand talking about how I don't even believe you even exist. I don't believe in a heaven. I don't believe in a hell. 
I'm not a sinner. What do I need to repent about? Y'all been talking about how Jesus is coming back for years. Where he at? And then one day you die. Okay. Or he comes. And now you find yourself in eternity realizing your grave mistake. But now it is too late. Yeah, that's why Jesus was like, okay, it would be better not to have been born than to face eternal judgment in hell as you await the final judgment, which will be for all of eternity. Yeah, people in hell right now thinks that this is eternal, but that's nothing. Oh, y'all got, glory be to God for your mercy. Help us all today. Y'all got to stand at the great white throne judgment. That's why even us who, who are by the Holy Spirit, keeping ourselves on this straight and narrow path, we got to watch it too, okay? We don't got this in the bag just because we we preaching this gospel. We got to check this flesh. We have to not make provision for this flesh because what did Paul say? He says that I keep this body under subjection at least I be a castaway, having preached this gospel, and then what, I don't finish the race? What, I slip back into sin after doing all of this wonderful teachings and, and, and all the firsthand revelation from Jesus that I myself don't make it into heaven? You know, listen, this is a death walk. That's why I thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus says that to follow him, oh, we got to pick up that cross daily. We This is a death walk like he had a death walk carrying his own uh, crucified method. Okay, and we must deny this flesh, deny all the worldliness, deny all the stuff that we want to do and all the things we want to idolize, all the sin and the pleasures of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, all of that, we got to deny that and follow him, follow his footsteps. Because let me assure you, okay, people go to hell every single day begging for Jesus to come and rescue them out of there. But it is too late. He said, seek me now while I can be found. Because once he calls you out of that body suit and you are now dead, there is no coming back from that. That's why people in hell realize the, the hopelessness of their situation. They're, they ain't coming back. So, 
That's why we go hard for this gospel. And no, it's not going to be pretty. And yes, it's going to be with the gory details about how Jesus died. And yes, it's going to be about the gory details about how Judas committed suicide. And it's going to be about how Peter, who staunchly told Jesus, oh, I would never deny you. And Jesus told him at that same table, Peter, before, well, how he said um, that he, he, well, how he said it before the, the crow, the rooster crows, what, twice or whatever that, I forget. But anyway, you will deny me three times. And what happened? That rooster crowed. I think it was like twice. And during those times, Peter, that's exactly what he did. He denied Jesus, like cursing, talking about, I never knew that man. No, it wasn't me. I swear by God, that wasn't me. So listen, folks, this is a death walk. It is uh, this path Jesus told us that it is narrow that gate is narrow and and how few will find it so yeah yeah it would be better not to have been born to have to face the judgment in hell listen we as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we should use this knowledge and follow Jesus' example and preach this gospel and mourn those who reject it. Because you see, just to keep that chapter in context, okay? Because see, I had a, a lesson that I pray that I will get to, but because of what Facebook done, it opened up this wonderful dialogue to talk about this, right? This give us an opportunity to understand the magnitude of what he was saying that woe it would be to that man. It would be, wait, how he said it? He said that, um, it says that, uh, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. Good were it for that man if he had never been born. Jesus is saying a lot here. Okay, and like I said, this opened up a wonderful opportunity for this teaching. So, <laughs> Facebook, God. So, that chapter context, okay, right? Because you see, Jesus is anointed in symbolic, symbolic anticipation of his death. Right. And so Judas decides to secretly cooperate with the local religious leaders to arrest Jesus in secret. OK, none of the disciples knew about this, but Jesus knew. Obviously, he knew how it was going to go down, who was going to betray him. And um, how he were, how he was going to suffer and die, 
as a sacrificial lamb, right? So during the Passover meal, Jesus predicts his betrayal by Judas and Peter's denial, <laughs> right? Peter was like, no, Lord, oh, 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 I would never do that. And even the, the other disciples, they were chiming in, right? No, Lord, oh, we would never deny you, right? And so at that at that final supper, Jesus was instituting the Lord's suppers, the Lord's Supper, also known as communion. So after praying on the Mount of Olives, Jesus is captured, okay, when Judas identifies him to the hostile mob sent by Jewish authorities, okay, because the Roman soldiers, oh, they were living for this, right? So, Jesus endured that corrupt, prejudiced trial, that kangaroo court, okay, ending in a conviction for blasphemy, for blasphemy, and and Peter, old Peter, fearing for his life, lies about knowing Jesus before remembering Jesus' prediction and breaking down in sobs. Amen. Glory be to God, because you see, unlike Judas, who was only remorseful about what he did, Peter repented. Okay, Peter repented, and and when Jesus came back, he he asked uh, Peter three times, "Do you love me?" "Yes, Lord, I love you." Peter, "Do you love me?" "Yes, Lord, I love you." Peter, "Do you love me?" "Yes, Lord." Well, then go feed my sheep. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So, Facebook, y'all can do what they want to do, but my Lord, he's coming back. Amen. And you see, and this is the thing, okay? This is the thing. We, in this, in this last hour, okay, because we are in the final hour, okay? I don't know if y'all recognize this or not, because some believers are deceived to think that, well, if we just hurry up and go and get this jab, uh, we can get back to the way things were. Folks, listen, okay? Like I said, in this last hour, my brothers, my sisters, we need to stand firm. Okay? We need to stand firm even unto death. We need to pick up our cross deny this stinking rotten flesh and follow our master the lord jesus christ and stop with all of this being wishy-washy one day you on fire for christ the next day you're not listen my hand is raised okay okay for many years sitting up under that damnable prosperity gospel still being in sin and in my little pea brain i'm thinking well i'm not in as much sin yeah but i'm still smoking weed from time to time i'm still holding on to unforgiveness i'm still arguing and and fussing and fighting not to mention 
that I'm in this second and third remarriages thinking that, oh, it was okay for me to do because of adultery completely had the wrong interpretation of the scriptures where divorce and remarry were concerned. Okay, I could have died at any time with all of the health ailments that I was going through. So it was a hot mess until God woke me up and by his grace and mercy, he taught me by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, about what true repentance was all about and what the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ was all about. And in learning that, it brought on the fear of the Lord. Because I used to think to myself, shouldn't I be more afraid about hell than I am? Because obviously we know about hell. Ain't nobody trying to go hell, go to hell. But I used to think, shouldn't I be more afraid of that? Shouldn't I, shouldn't that be a greater focus? Then maybe I won't be doing what I'm doing. And I always felt something was missing that I should be definitely afraid about hell. I should be definitely afraid about God's judgment. But I'm thinking, well, I'm still good, right? Once saved, always saved, right? Yeah, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but God knows my heart. I'm saying, oh, I repent, I repent. Lord, forgive me, forgive me. But then I'm right back in it. That's not repentance. That's taking God's uh, uh, grace as a license to sin and being deceived. So was I really saved or like, like Jesus was telling me after the fact that I had not put on the new man. I had not walked in the newness of life. I'm, I still got my foot in the world. So what was I doing those 20 years then? I mean, because I had a love for the scriptures. Oh, I loved studying the word, but I was a hearer only. I hear what the word has to say. I'm reading it with my eyeballs. But was I doing what it said? Was I fleeing from the fornication? Was I, once I repented, was I not coming out of those adulterous marriages, like reading it and understanding what the scriptures actually was saying? It wasn't until towards the end of that third adulterous marriage, which was not working out, that I found myself, this is all God's doing, like, who knew this is all God's doing that he was pulling me. He was drawing me closer to himself where now sin is starting to disgust me. It's like I'm starting to look around at my life and I'm like, yo, you ain't this ain't living for Christ. 
This person you went with who claimed to be a Christian, but over the years come to find out he's a child of the devil. And the more God was pulling me closer, bringing me closer to Jesus, the more I kept talking about repentance. I kept talking about Jesus more and more. And when you do that, the people in your home who are not children of God, oh, now y'all going to have a big problem. Okay, and the more they see you being drawn more to God, the more that demon in them starts to manifest. So I'm looking at stuff with a a huge side eye and I'm like, "Mm -mm, the same right. And the more understanding about repentance, the more that God was bringing a ministry that was uh, preaching repentance. It, it wasn't a church. It was this beautiful sister in Christ and start walking through the scriptures and start explaining stuff. And boom, it's like, I just got born again. It's like, I repented like for real, for real, like godly sorrow for real, for real. Now, I don't know if, cause could, You know how in the church they say, well, you need to rededicate your life to Christ. There is is no such thing, thank you, Holy Spirit, in the Bible about rededicating your life to Christ. Jesus said you must be born again. It's a one-time rebirth. You don't get born again and then born again and then born again. So all I know that I got born again again, like for real. Okay. And ever since then, here we are. Glory be to God. Here we are where I hate evil. It's like something about the gift of repentance that, that God gives us. It's like, yeah, you can sin, but you don't even want to. It's this ability now that you don't even want to sin. It's like you have this want to not want to. I don't even want to sin anymore. It's like I'm not even giving it an option anymore. I'm not even giving it a place in my life where before I may crack open the door I may even go through the door. Now it's like I'm I'm finding nails to like keep that door nailed shut. So it saddens my heart of the outcry of the brethren cuz I, I I talked about this a, a couple of uh, a couple of days ago about how this beautiful sister in Christ had messaged me over there on Facebook talking about how um, that she's not on Facebook anymore, right? And um, that she's not on Facebook anymore like that, like how she used to be. and But that how she appreciates um, like postings like mine that go hard for the gospel. Because listen, y'all, if y'all think I be going hard on this podcast, oh, y'all should follow me on Facebook, okay? Y'all, y'all got to follow me on Facebook. Glory be to God, because the Holy Spirit be on the move 
throughout my page. It is all about if you don't stop it, you going to hell. And that how we must live holy and that how we must trust in Jesus and obey God commands. It is it is all about that. It is not about um and well in it it does encourage um what I mean how it's not about the fluff, if you will, is not about oh boss up, level up, you know, um today is your a blessing day. Oh, God is going to do something great in your life. Never deny his His provisions because today enemies hate you, but tomorrow they're going to be at your feet and all of this. That's not my lane. Okay. That's not the lane. I keep telling y'all that's not the lane that Jesus gave me. Okay, he gave me the lane, like how people are going to mock you and hate you and persecute you because you are preaching in my name, which I love. I thought that that would be something hard, right? Because we want people to like us. We want people to like what we post, but that's not the agenda, that's not why I'm on Facebook because I was on Facebook before thinking that I'm preaching some godly ministry encouragement when I was sitting up under that damn <clears throat> damnable word of faith movement. So that page, oh, you got all of your tickling ear messages over there. Oh, you got all of your candy coated ice cream and cracker jacks and sugar crusted lips messages over there on my old page. And I, I mentioned before how I came across that page. I wanted to puke. I'm like, where's repentance? Where is if you don't stop it, you going to hell? Where is that? You you must live holy. You deny that flesh. It was none of that over there. So my page, follow me. I put it in the uh, description is under Aunt Cynthia. That's one word, Aunt Cynthia Whitaker. Second word, Whitaker. So like I said, it be going down sometimes on my page, especially down in them comments. Like if you see a post that has like a whole bunch of comments, like 20 and 30 or 10 or 15 comments, read those comments because the reason why there's so many because of the going of the back and the forth. Okay. And I don't be in my feelings. I've, I've learned early on when Jesus appointed me to uh, Facebook, right? Never to take things personal, right? To, um, cause see, for me, I'm not going to give you my personal take about it. I'm always going to go to the scriptures. I'm going to say, thus is written. Jesus said this, like Paul said this, the Bible says this or whatever. So I'm not getting my feelings all into it. Now, it will be with a, a sharp, righteous rebuke sort of feel to it. But it, I, I'm going to come with the scriptures because see, sometimes you have to bring the hammer out. Because if you're going to be on my page, I can't allow you to be a stumbling block. You're not going to come over here with any 
what Paul calls another gospel. You're not going to come over here with twisted scriptures. You're not going to come over here because see, I know because I sat up underneath these heretics. You're not going to come over here with these false doctrines and these traditions of men. You're not going to do it. Not on my page. Why? Because I have babes in Christ over here. I have um, even mature Christians that are shaky in their faith. And you may say something that helps them out in their in their sins as far as keep staying in it because you agreed well ain't nothing wrong with being in second and third marriages oh jesus wants me to be happy so you mean to tell me that jesus wants me to leave bob when steve was beating me in the head i'm happy now with bob jesus wants me to be happy now no you can't be over here jesus will never authorize sin so i'm not gonna let you authorize that on my page either no, he does not authorize sin. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because we must know the voice of Jesus. We must know what he sounds like. Jesus says that my sheep, my sheep knows me. They know my voice and they follow me. If you're not in these scriptures, you're not going to know how Jesus talks. You're not going to know what he authorized and what he says. If you're following a fake Jesus, yeah, that fake Jesus tells you, oh, you should be happy. You should be rich. You should never be sick. You can smoke all the weed you want. You can live like the devil because don't worry about nothing. You're still saved. That Jesus, no, you can't bring that false Christ over here on my page. You cannot. So in the comments, when you see a lot of the comments, check some of them out. So, but anywho, it saddens my heart because the sister in Christ, she was saying that how she's not on Facebook like that because where are the church leaders? Where are Where is the faith? And so that just prompted me to um, make a post about how, yeah, it saddens my heart because the outcry of the brethren seeing all the lukewarm and hypocritical Christians over there on Facebook. Now, we supposed to be, quote unquote, the Christian community. But, yeah, there is a lot <clears throat> of hypocrisy going on and for her she just got tired of it and whatever else that was going on in her life who knows maybe the holy spirit told her that she needs to come off of facebook because she she mentioned something and um and in conjunction with what she mentioned about why she's not on there this issue too and so i'm like right because the christians are folding like a deck of cards during this so-called uh pandemic talking about how you say you love jesus but then on your profile picture you got the frame about how oh i got the covid vaccination as if this world is your healer and savior. Listen, these people, 
These people who want to put that jab in you. Meanwhile, their families are not taking it. That should be the first red flag. Okay. Don't believe the lie. Oh, my whole family got the vaccination. No, no they have not. Okay. They want to depopulate. Okay. These people who have no business being in the medical field. If you come in from tech industry and computers, what are you doing over here in the medical field? Who made you doctor? Okay. And so these people are known elitists, known Satanists, known globalists, Freemasons, Luciferians. Why would I take any advice and counsel from them talking about where my health is concerned? You really think that I want to hear? Listen, it's it's bad enough, okay, with the with the high blood pressure medication that I'm praying that God helps wean me off of. You know, where now, you know, I'm looking at my my a uh, diet. Uh, especially where salt and grease and all of that fast food is concerned. So I can cut that out so that my health can get back to where it needs to be. So I'm not trying to go to this world about my health for anything. I'm putting my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ that the fact that I've been on this medication, that he is helping me to wean myself off of these drugs and do it safely. So unlike before, back in 05 when, because I'm standing in faith, I'm going to just stop taking this medicine and had a stroke and I could have died. So this go around, right, the Holy Spirit is showing me how to taper down. Amen. And so, no, I'm not going to this world to get some jab that even the CDC tells you what's in it. There's nothing good in their their mantra, their satanic belief is that, well, If you put this poison in your body, it will train your immune system so that if you get the COVID, it would know how to handle that. But then guess what? Number one, it don't prevent the COVID. Number two, um, you can still uh, spread it. And number three, it doesn't heal you from it. So why even put it in your body? Why can't your immune system, your your God-given immune system, do what it's supposed to do? Because see, they want to play God. And who's behind all of this? Because the Bible tells us that our fight is not with flesh and blood. It is with the satanic... <sighs> wickedness it is with satan and all of his wickedness in high places that's who is behind all of this hot mess so no and so i posed the question about how these christians okay are folding like a deck of cards listen it's enough to make you want to vomit about the complacency about the compromising. 
and about the, the prostitution of one's soul with this pagan world. And so I was like, right, sis, where are the church leaders? You want to know where they at? They are hiding behind their 501, what is that, 5013C um, federal tax exemption because I read some of that. Okay, the IRS is telling churches, right? It's certain things that they can't and cannot preach on and teach about. They can do certain things as long as you want to be tax exempt. Oh, we tell you what religion is. Oh, we tell you what needs to be preached. And I'm like, what? All because y'all want to save a few dollars at the stores or y'all want to save a few dollars down at your local car dealership to get your 20th Cadillac? Listen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Listen. Yeah. So where are the church leaders? Where are the mature Christians at? Who's crying aloud and sparing not? Is what is everybody too busy getting the jab to realize who their true Lord is? Apparently so. <laughs> okay. Apparently they've all forgotten. Because listen, people who say they follow Jesus, oh, they love Jesus when times are good, right? Oh, won't he do it? Oh, bless the Lord, right? But I have to beg the question. Were times really good before? Because last I checked, prior to the scamdemic, the lost were still on their way to hell. You still have the lukewarm Christian. You still have people who are not seeking God because all we got to do is look at Romans 3, right? People were not seeking God. Together, they have become worthless. No one was doing good, not even one. Their mouths were full of curses and bitterness. Their feet were swift to shed innocent blood. Their paths were in ruins and miserable. The way of peace they have not known. There was no fear of God before their eyes. So, I ask again, where were these good times that these Christians are looking to get back to? Because, see, I want to know. Okay, I want to know, where's the backbone? Where's the backbone to the bona fide, certified, sanctified, born again believer in Jesus Christ at? Where's the man who's standing and enduring until the end at? Where's the one who's willing to lay down his life for Jesus, like how he laid it down for us? Where's that man or woman at? Huh? Because cause they can't all be down at the vaccinators centers, or can they? Listen, and this is the close, okay? Cause see, I got all <laughs> I got all day to be on the podcast. Says, how dare they bar me from my second job? Y'all need to stop playing. But that's okay because you see, God will have the final say. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, listen, 
Okay, we need to pick up that shield and put it back on, put back on the full armor of God and stop acting scared. Stop playing. Okay, stop acting like you don't know who your heavenly father is and who your savior is. Listen, okay, it's time to mount up. We see just how dangerous and perilous and wicked these times are. When you are preaching the full counsel of God, okay, and that includes Judas hanging himself, okay, that includes uh, Jesus dying, that horrific death on the cross, all we got to do, open up the Bible, Isaiah 52, read that, that gives us a pictorial of the bloody, gory details of what Christ Jesus looked like hanging up there on the cross. So no, this gospel ain't pretty, okay? It is all about crucifixion and eternal life and resurrection, amen. It's not going to get pretty until Jesus comes back. Because while we in sanctification mode, oh, it's going to be some cutting. It's going to be some pruning. It's going to be some denying of this thinking of flesh. It's going to be studying this word to show ourselves approved to God. It's going to be some repentance. It's going to be some fruit of the spirit showing up in your life. Okay. It's going to be not uh, associating with bad company that will corrupt us. Oh, it will be all about that. So all of the Joe Osteen smiling in your face, talking about how God wants you to live your best life ever. Where? When Jesus done already told us. He told us that in this world, we are going to have trouble. Trouble. He didn't say nothing about how many Cadillacs we're going to have, about how healthy you're going to be, and about how much money you all can stuff into your bank account. No. Because, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because if this gospel was easy, breezy, lemon squeezy, then they would never have crucified our Lord. They wouldn't have. They would have been boys patting him on the back. But because he claims to be the son of God, that he is God and that how he can forgive sins. Oh, blasphemy. Oh, blasphemy. So, folks, all I'm saying this with the super close, it is time to mount up. Either you're hot or cold. You can't be both. You cannot be both. If, you, if you're not going to be in the game, then go home. Let me say that again. If you are not going to be in this game, then go home. Because you know why? There's kingdom business that needs attending to. And you're in the way. You're in the way because look, I promise this is the close, the coming of Christ Jesus. This what it, this what 
keeps us motivated. Okay. Keeps us motivated when we are persecuted because we ain't seen persecution yet. Oh, this is just, please. Okay. Wait until that antichrist comes on to the world scene and he makes himself known by standing up in that third temple with that abomination of desolation, of desolation, talking about how he's God and how he blasphemes God and God's people. Oh, and when, okay. Cause don't let the false gospel tell you that how, oh, are we going to be raptured out of here before all of that happens before the tribulation? That's a false teaching. Check the podcast all the way back. I talk about whether or not pre-tribulation rapture is sound doctrine. It is not that primarily comes from watching all of those left behind movies and all the false doctrines coming from Darby. Okay. So listen, this is what we got to look forward to. Okay. Cause forget about all the nonsense and all the foolishness and all the hypocrisy. Cause at the end of the day, just like it was prophesied, that the Messiah was coming. Well, guess what? He's coming again and he ain't coming as a babe in the manger for salvation. Oh, no, no, no. He's coming as the Lion of Judah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Oh, he's coming back to deal with his enemies. Amen. So look, and I saw this is verse 11 of Revelation 19. And I saw heaven opened and behold, a white horse, glory be to God. And he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. Amen. I told y'all, Jesus ain't coming back to save the world. No, he's coming back to wage a war in righteousness. The judge is coming. Okay. He ain't playing. He wasn't playing the first time. Uh, He ain't playing the second time. Listen, it says, and in righteousness, he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire. This is the Jesus who's coming back with eyes of flames of fire and on his head are many crowns and he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself he is clothed with a robe dipped in blood amen see that's all about that shed blood on the cross glory be to god and his name is called the word of god and the armies which are in heaven clothed in fine linen that's us folks clothed in fine linen white and clean why are we dressed this way because of righteousness we are now made right in Christ Jesus through that shed blood glory be to God we coming 
We we will be with him clothed in fine white linen, clean. We're following him on white horses. Listen, from his mouth comes a sharp sword so that with it he may strike down the nations and he will rule them with the rod of iron and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the almighty what part of that sounds like oh he's coming in love he's coming with some balloons and butterflies and just take everybody to heaven because at the end of the day we all are going Well, that don't sound like it over here. Listen. It says in verse 16, And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried out with the loud voice saying to all the birds that fly in mid heaven, come, come assemble for the great feast of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of commanders the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and of those who sit on them and the flesh of all people, both free and slaves and small and great. Amen. Glory be to God, because at the end of the day, we must be born again. We must be born again. Amen. Because listen, Jesus and Nicodemus, Nicodemus came to Jesus at night and, and they was having this conversation and Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. What you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, I love that. I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Amen. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. Listen, verse 8, the wind blows. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going so you can't explain how people are born of the spirit Nicodemus how are these things possible okay he's still asking Jesus how is it possible that a man can be born of the spirit what you mean because as far as I know Only a person is born is through their mother's womb. What you mean, Jesus, that I have to be born again? 
Jesus replied. <laughs> He's like, you are a respected Jewish teacher. And yet, you don't understand these things? I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Amen. Because you see, the bright Holy Spirit... These things need to be spiritually discerned. Jesus is telling Nicodemus about spiritual things and he can't get it. He don't understand. And he's a teacher of the law. He is a Pharisee. And Jesus was like, listen, okay, I tell you about earthly things and you don't even believe me about that. But how are you going to believe the spiritual things that I tell you? You're not going to believe this. So look, verse 13, he says, no one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the son of man. As a side note, now Jesus just said, and read that no one has ever gone to heaven and returned. So what do you do with all of those books, all of those movies talking about how someone died, went to heaven, and then came back to tell us a story. And now they they write these books or someone on their behalf writes these books. No, no one has gone to heaven and then came back. Only Jesus. Jesus says that only. Look, where he says it up here, he says, um, Verse 13, right. No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the son of man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, so the son of man must be lifted up because you see, right. Jesus is preaching the gospel to Nicodemus, whether Nicodemus knows this or not, whether he realizes this or not, because Jesus is telling him how he's going to be crucified. He's saying, as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on the pole in the wilderness, because the children of Israel was grumbling, grumbling and complaining about life so hard in the wilderness and so in judgment god sent some snakes to bite them right and um so they cried out for mercy god had mercy on them and told moses well get a pole put a snake on it on it and have the people look at that and then they should be healed and so likewise, Jesus was telling Nicodemus like that when he gets lifted up, we will look to him and we will be healed of our sins. Don't let that damnable prosperity gospel tell you that Jesus died on a cross so that we can be healed from sickness and disease. Now. So now look, he says that so the son of man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him will have eternal life. He doesn't say will be prosperous or will be uh, 
uh, healed and saved from, from the cancer. He says, no, so that everyone believes in him will have eternal life. Amen. So let's just take it on down to verse 16. John 3, 16, because all what Jesus was telling Nicodemus leads right into this. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Amen. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. Amen. Thank you, precious Lord. But, but, but anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only son. And the judgment is based on this fact. God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Verse 20 of John 3, all who do evil hate the light. Amen. And that's what happened to me over there on Facebook. All about Facebook is evil, but God sends us in those trenches anyway. Amen. And so all who do evil hate the light. And that's why we get thrown in jail because we talk about this light. We talk about what happened to Jesus. Is it pretty? No. Will it go against their hypocritical community standards? Yes. <laughs> okay, verse 21, but those who do what is right come to the light. Amen. So others can see that so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God, Father. In the name of Christ Jesus. Thank you for this awesome word today. And you write, those who hate, those who are evil and do evil and do wickedness, oh, they hate the light. They hate your light, the Lord Jesus Christ. But Father, you told me to bring your lights to you. And I pray, I pray with everything within me that I do your will according to your purpose and plan for my life. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for this teaching. Thank you that we shall endure until the end and that we shall stand firm until the end so that, like Jesus said, that man shall be saved. And no matter what the persecution is, whether it's great, small, or crazy once the Antichrist come on the scene, may this be training us. May these persecution train us and get us ready for when the day of the Lord comes. We eagerly await our risen King the Messiah, 
the Lord Jesus Christ, King of kings and Lord of lords. May he come swiftly, Lord. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Father, bless your holy name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, another one in the can. I think I may do another podcast. I ain't got nothing else to do today until six o'clock this evening. So, Lord willing, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Repent and believe. Stop sinning. Turn back to God. Trust Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. Believe on him so that you may have eternal life. Glory be to God. All right, folks, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.